0: so funny because I've I've never like solidified an intro. So I'm like, welcome back to the Pestel podcast. I was gone for a month because I was very sad. (laughs) But we are back with my friend Haig. Um, Haig, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yes, my name is Haig Moses. Um, I am a communication and cinema television, and emerging media major. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think, I think I'm just part of the whole, I think, as a millennial, what am I considered?
0: I don't, you're like, I don't, I don't know. Even I, don't know.
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the cusp of I oh. I think having experienced kind of both sides, pre-social media and while it's going into it, that not that it makes me qualified but I I think I I, yeah
0: I appreciate your hot takes which are gonna come in handy today as we talk about something that originally started um I feel like we had this conversation in like Instagram DMs first (laughs) about like separating the art from the artist and there was this incident with um Tavi Gavinson who is a journalist and like a like a you know uh let's say like traditionally considered attractive, thin, young white woman who was calling out Carly Kloss for not holding like the Kushner family accountable for um, their connection to the Trump family and the Trump family's uh, the Trump administration's policy. So there was like all these connections where she was calling out that you know Carly Kloss is super comfortable with uh, taking the benefits of being famous and being white and being connected to this family without having to hold them accountable and I remember you offered like a different perspective of like well why do we expect celebrities to step into that space and why do we expect like artists to deviate from what we know them to do to be like doing the work that we elected certain people to do and so that's kind of the conversation we're gonna have because I think that's a really great question is like when and why should you separate the art from the artist or like the celebrity from their platform um and i feel like since that conversation i've been like reflecting on like why am i more likely to like spread social media and spread my own opinions about like a filmmaker or a musician than i am about like my state's actual politicians mm-hmm. and so i wanted to i wanted to hear more and about your take on that and and why you feel that way cuz i felt like that was new that was like refreshing i didn't hear anybody saying like yeah why are we holding random white celebrity is more accountable
1: than like the people in office. <laughs> exactly. I just think that there are people who are qualified to make these dis- decisions and mm-hmm. there are people who I wouldn't say they're not qualified because everyone you know has a background and, and things that we don't really know about but I, I feel like these celebrities yes they're stating their opinions but most of them don't really have the background to speak on these things and we're holding their word like it's you know absolutely undeniable truth Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and while meanwhile we have these politicians who are out here doing god knows what Mm
2: -hmm.
1: nobody knows what they're doing and no one is holding them accountable for anything unless it's like blatantly in our Mm face
0: you're mentioning something that like makes me think about like social media and pop culture like I'm more likely to see advertisements about like a Kim Kardashian beauty line than I am about someone's policy about to be passed or a proposition, whatever. And so I feel like we've been raised a lot to think about like, well, these voices matter because they're literally everywhere and their money is backed to put them on posters, billboards, Instagram, YouTube, advertisements, film. And I'm more likely, especially as like a teenager growing into an adult, I was always more likely to see that. And I was less likely to be able to name the California senators when I was 18. I could name like everybody in one direction. I could tell you who was homophobic. I could tell you who was colorist. Um, But like, they're not implementing policies that are gonna impact me as a woman of color. They're not doing anything over reproductive health. But I feel like that's, that's strategic on the government's part and like Hollywood's part. They're like, yeah, let's just keep people super occupied and mad and obsessed with the wrong people while, like you said, the politicians continue to do things that we have no idea about until it's a big freaking scandal.
1: Exactly, and I think that it's working, and it continues to work to distract us, because I think as public, we do look for things to distract us from everyday living, Mm -hmm. and I think- we're more inclined to believe gossip and lies from people who we see every day and who we recognize every day instead of these unnamed you know anonymous politicians that just so happen to get into office most likely because of nepotism
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know their dad's dad, dad was, caught, was senator so now they're senator too yeah and we're, we're not even i mean when you're voting down the ballot most of these people you don't even know who they are and mm-hmm. most people just pick Democrats because, well, I'm a Democrat, so I'm just gonna vote all Democrats. Yeah. And it's like, you can't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because
1: some, not all Democrats are gonna go with what you want and not all Republicans are gonna go with what you want. And so you need to be aware of who you're voting for. And I think yeah. in, terms of, in terms of separating the art from the artist or or, or things like that, it is very difficult because most people aren't qualified to be speaking on some subjects and it is a question of should you be speaking on this or and should we be listening to you Mm -hmm. and I fully understand people who are you know going to get information like I remember there was this Netflix um TV show with Chelsea Handler
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and how she was actively going out to seek information Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like we're learning while you're learning yeah and so I appreciate things like that but you can't go on your social media platform and just speak out loud like this is I know everything and this is undeniable truth
0: yeah
1: because you're not specifically qualified that's not what we put you in your position for you are an actor and a model and this platform and i'm not saying that the platform you have is specifically for that because your platform should be for whatever you want but you can't pass things off on the public because you do there is a responsibility that you have to us
0: right like a public figure and a public official are two different things and it's not to say that like you can't have opinions or like expect something from someone that you look up to like I, I would have a hard time supporting someone someone's art if their art or if their thinking or philosophy was like homophobic or xenophobic. Like I wouldn't support them, but I can't be holding them accountable and being upset at them in the same way that if my governor or if the president was xenophobic and homophobic. So yeah, you can be upset and yeah, you can expect better, but channel that energy in terms of accountability Inter- like, I, f- I feel like I've seen so many more petitions to get someone kicked off a TV show than I have to seen someone get, like, impeached, or, um, like, have someone, uh, you know, kicked out of city council for a scandal relating to how they spent, like, taxpayer money, or c- uh, the commissioner spent taxpayer money to go on vacation, but I'm like, but you're supporting, like, Dua Lipa, who, like, is anti-Semitic, and you, like, love her, and you're not holding her accountable, so it's very pick-and-choose in terms of that. And I just, I get really confused because where do you draw the line? And like, it's different because we're thinking about celebrities who we don't know. I don't actually personally know my senator and I don't personally know any of the celebrities that I follow. But me and you are both artists. And so in terms of like us ourselves, do do you separate like your art from like your political leanings or like philosophies about life? Or do you, do you kind of meld them together? And do you expect people who consume your art to care about that together, or to separate it when it comes to you.
1: I think for me personally, I I separate it. I think I'm not pushing. I don't have an agenda behind things that I publish or the things that I put into the public
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because I feel like, well, I'm not like a high profile artist, but I, I still feel like it's not my place to speak to people to change their minds about things. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like if it's obviously bad, yeah. like homophobia or pedophilia,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I have an opinion about it. I might state it. I might put it into my art. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for the most part, I'm not actively trying to change people's minds. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah because then it I, I i understand that as you say it because then it makes your art like some task like for educating the yeah. public and it changes the intention of your art like what if you just want to make stuff and like no you as a black person have a responsibility to teach us to not be racist and it's like no let them make art <laughs> like,
1: uh, just and that it, it takes the fun out of it yeah. and then you kind of don't want to do it anymore And that's how people become, that's how a lot of people become mentally exhausted. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of weight behind it because it's like, I think sometimes when you do something with a certain intention, but what it's being interpreted out is very different, that's very dangerous. Yeah. And so I I would never want someone to interpret my art as something different than what I intended it to be. And I don't want to walk on that line. So I stay away from it. And if I want to bluntly state something, I will bluntly state it from my mouth.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that there's
1: no crosswires.
0: Yeah. Especially like.
1: To do things in art.
0: Yeah. And how far it can go too. like if you post something, it can end up on like 15 different platforms to millions of different people. And by the time it gets there, it's like a game of telephone where they're like, they can interpret like, Oh, this person is saying that they hate women's rights. And I'm like, no, (laughs) that's not what they said at all. But, um, I feel like the opposite has happened to me, because my art was always an avenue to express things that bothered me, and, like, the things that bothered me were always tied to my identity, so I've, I guess now if I were to shift away from, you know, actively being, um, very outspoken politically, or in terms of, like, um, women's rights, queer issues, people of color, reproductive rights, things like that, like, sometimes I find myself experiencing the side effect of what you're mentioning where I'm like, what if I just wanna make like goofy, silly art or art that's just about me? Like, would that be jarring or would that throw people off? Or would people think like, oh, all of a sudden, Billy doesn't care. Like, why isn't she talking about, why hasn't she reshared anything um, or put her two cents in her art about like the Punjabi farmers and the protest going on? Cause that's like very directly related to my identity. And, like, when you said mentally exhausting, like, yeah, I feel, like, obligated sometimes to have more aggressive, politically-leaning art, but, like, I also need to be able to just make something silly and, like, lighthearted, and I've really struggled with transitioning to happier stuff because the world is on fire and there's, like, more stuff to make to speak on, like, Asian hate crimes, Black Lives Matter, climate change, like, all those things I care about, but because for, like, the past 10-ish years, I've only been posting this, like, heavier social justice-oriented content, I, like, don't know how to, like, shift off of that, and I, people don't separate the art from the artist with me, because they're, like, oh yeah, Billy's, like, very much that type of artist, and I'm, like, no, like, I want to draw cats and dogs and make stupid memes, (laughs) like, how do I, how do I shift there without people thinking that, but, like, I stopped caring?
1: And before I answer that, I have a question. Do, would you consider yourself, though, an artist or an activist or both?
0: I consider myself both. Um, and I feel like and my art comes a, a, in because, an avenue for activism.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that's where the gray area is because some people don't consider themselves an activist. Mm-hmm like some people just make art and sometimes it's just a one-time thing where it just so happens to this is how my art blossoms into but I'm I'm not an activist for this and Mm -hmm. it's okay not to want to be an activist
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know I'm currently I'm writing a tv show and I feel like everyone is kind of I don't want to say like it's no one really talks about their sexuality Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I feel you have to not think that's ever discussed I feel Mm -hmm. like people just if they're sleeping with a with a man and they're a man, they're sleeping with a man and they're a man. If they're mm-hmm. sleeping with someone who's trans, they're sleeping with someone who's trans, or they're in a relationship with someone who's trans, but mm-hmm. it's not thing that's discussed
2: mm-hmm. because
1: I personally feel like you should be able to love who you want to love and mm-hmm. sleep with who you want to sleep with and not be, you know, judged for it. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't consider myself an activist. I think that's just how the story came into my head, and that's how it how it yeah formed.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, why, why is it, why does it need to be, like, such a stark kind of dichotomy of, like, you either care about something as an activist or you don't. But I'm like, there's people who, like, don't want to assume that title. And I think about artists who are like, my art doesn't mean that I'm anti-LGBTQ. But, like, you'll never see advocacy for that in my art because that's not what I want to do. And, like, that's okay. And I, I feel like we're not there yet as a culture. Because people need to see this, like, public declaration of where you, you lean politically, and it's, it's very confusing, because I think about, like, Matt Damon is, like, this climate activist, um, so is Leonardo DiCaprio, but they still make, like, gory movies, and, like, sexually explicit movies, or, like, violent movies, or whatever, and like there's nothing mentioning climate change or water pollution in them but that doesn't mean that they're not caring about that in a different platform and I just and I think with like younger celebrities it's a, we're holding them accountable in like a very different way and like we're very eager to cancel younger celebrities who are still in their 20s or teens um and I don't think people know the difference between canceling someone and like wanting to punish and shame them publicly for like your own sick enjoyment and actually wanting them to be better and figure out how they want to send their messages if they want to send them at all. So I'm, I'm wondering what you, think, what you think about cancel culture and just like its effectiveness and what accountability actually looks like.
1: Ooh, cancel culture. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that I'm, I'm behind what cancel culture stands for, but I'm not behind how we are, you know, going about it. Mm -hmm. I think essentially what it is, it's like, I think every job, just like a normal job, you have managers and people Mm -hmm. who are going to hire you and check you when you're doing something wrong. And I think with celebrities, the reason why so much things and so many bad, I feel like bad is such a small word to to define what happened, what's been happening in our country for centuries, decades,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but the things that these people have been getting away with is because there was no one to effectively check them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I feel like with social media, every artist, every celebrity who's gotten to the position that they've gotten in is because they were publicly supported.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So essentially the public is your manager. We put you in this position. We are essentially are funding you mm-hmm. and your art.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it is in their right to check you. Mm-hmm. I think that so I'm behind that. I'm behind the idea of the public checking these celebrities and these artists if they are doing something that they do not agree with. But essentially what's happening now is 21st century McCarthyism. It mm-hmm. is Any, any, the slightest indication that you did something wrong, you're canceled and there's no research or there's no, you know, wanting further understanding behind what this person was trying to mean. And it's like you said with the telephone, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like this person heard from this person who changed their opinion to this, to interpret it different from this person and it's, oh, this is what it is. You're canceled. Yeah. And I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago, and it, it was with Sarah Silverman. And mm-hmm. I forgot, I don't know if she has her own podcast or if she was on a different podcast.
2: Probably. Everyone has a podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was talking about her friend who used to be a part of the Ku Klux Klan. And she said the reason why he joined was he was... Um, he was a young kid and his parents were working and he basically never really saw his parents or were with his parents and so he was walking the streets one day smoking a cigarette and some man walked up to him and said took the cigarette out of his mouth and said why are you smoking this it just so happened that the man was a Ku Klux Klan member and took him to one of their meetings mm. and she said that her friend was embraced by all of these people and he was getting love and recognition from a place where Mm -hmm. he wasn't getting it at home Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and he realized obviously he realized what this group was and he spent the next 30 so years Mm -hmm. of his life getting people out of hate groups but she basically said that going towards love isn't always going towards the drama club or or you know journalism sometimes it is going towards hate groups. And Mm -hmm. if we don't find, if we don't allow, as progressives, if we don't allow people to make these mistakes, Mm -hmm. they're gonna go towards something that's bad. Because Mm -hmm. that's, you know, if we don't allow racists to redeem themselves without the fear of, I'm gonna be canceled and my whole career is gone, Mm -hmm. then they're gonna just join the other racists who are accepting them for their racism.
2: Yeah
1: that's how things are and I think right now we're living a lot of people are living in a state of terror of if I make a mistake I'm going to be canceled and my whole career is gone so there needs to be room for some some (laughs) mistakes and for people who actually want to do the work to redeem themselves there needs to be room for them to redeem themselves
0: yeah and I think that's that's so well said. And it's also ironic as hell because that fear of being canceled also contributes to the silence that people get mad about. They're like, well, I don't want to say the wrong thing and get canceled. And they're like, well, that must mean that you hate Black people. You hate Jews. You hate this. I'm like, no, it's like, I don't know how to frame it because there's no, there's no room to grow. Nobody believes in me as a person who could make this mistake and still be decent tomorrow and still have the potential for growth. And I think that's kind of where I'm frustrated with people because I don't know if I'm coming across like someone who will just like rip them apart if they make a mistake or if I'm creating this compassionate environment. And like you said, there are some things that I just wouldn't extend compassion to. Like I'm like I I just I would. There's some things that I just can't bounce back from um, as a victim or even as a as someone who like knows about something that someone did. And it is really ironic that like because we're so eager to rip someone apart as if we haven't made our own mistakes but maybe we just cleaned up our mistakes a little bit better or you can't find an old tweet that implies that like i've said something terrible and it's just it's so tricky and i think about like how am i how am i approaching people i i'm losing respect for um especially like if i publicize my lack of respect for them And I think about, like, how I've matured, and I think I'm taking a little bit more of the Hague approach now, where, like, I'll just be done if I want to be, and I will sit on my thoughts and think about how I want to approach this if I ever want to. But I remember when I was, like, I think like 20, I was, like, going through my Twitter, and I searched my Twitter, and I searched, like, words like, slut, bitch, and whore, and I was like, let me delete this so that nobody ever thinks I slut-shamed anyone. I was always supporting women. (laughs) I was like, this is crazy that I wasn't concerned with, like, actually being a woman who supports women but i was more terrified of ever being perceived as a teenager who slut shamed someone and that it shifts the focus from like cleaning up your past versus actually improving in the future
1: exactly and i think nowadays that's why you have i'm sorry that's why you have all these celebrities who are giving these half-ass apologies yeah and they're just you know tweeting or instagramming something that that's it very much seems like they don't mean it and it looks like their assistant or their publicist just wrote something for them to post on their Instagram. Yeah. Because they're so afraid of losing their job and then you kind of don't hear from them and it's like, oh, well, I'm going to take a social media break.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's like this is now it's kind of like the rehab <laughs> of, celebrities. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of celebrities, you know, being things for going to jail or getting a DUI like I'm going to go to rehab. Or I'm finding God. It's like now I'm taking a social media break, mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I come back, I'll be redeemed. Or people will forget that I did this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like to you have you have your absolute you have your red lines. You know, pedophilia, mm-hmm. murder, mm-hmm. you know, sexual harassment, sexual assault. You have your red lines so of this cannot be redeemed. You actually need to go to jail.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you need to have some yellow lines of like, oh my god, and I hate calling racism a yellow line because it is absolutely disgusting.
2: Mm -hmm. But you
1: need to to make room for some people to make mistakes.
2: Yeah.
1: You do. Yeah, because Because context matters. Exactly, we're all human, and if whether you believe it or you don't believe it, everybody has had a period where they were ignorant of something. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to believe because we're in this age of, like, social media and Google and, and social awareness. So it's like, how can you be?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, you look at those gray lines, like people were just saying things for peer pressure or people were saying things to fit in.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's
1: like everybody does things to fit in at one point in their life.
0: Mm-hmm. And, like, so much of our adolescence was, like, was driven off of what other people on the internet can see us doing. Like, I, I remember like, it was just weird to hear about someone who was like our age, who like never had an Instagram. People are like, you don't have an Instagram, you don't have a Facebook. And like, there's also this like expectation of like, well, you're weird if you're not publicizing your mistakes and your accomplishments and your opinions. And I think those people are smarter in some sense, or maybe their parents were like, you're not doing this because it'll get messy and they knew better but some people just never had an interest in it, and so, I mean, obviously, like, our, a lot of our networks and a lot of the artists that we follow and, and interact with um, are online and are, you know, growing slowly day by day, and so I guess my last question is how, how would you, you have strong managerial vibes. (laughs) How would you advise someone who's kind of, like, in the middle right now because it's such a politically charged time right now and maybe they want to start sharing art and they don't know like is it insensitive if it didn't touch on this or how how should I approach this so someone who's a little bit more new to the game and a little bit hesitant to even say anything or start their art kind of career because of the climate we what would you recommend to them in terms of fighting that hesitation or or knowing what line to walk?
1: I think that, you know, in terms of starting it, you just got to do it. And I think you can't be afraid that this is the wrong climate or this is, you know, not the right time because there's never, there's never really going to be a right time. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: There's a war everywhere. Yeah. And I hate to say it so like blatantly, but like people are dying everywhere. There's, there's not really a right time or like condition where, where, you know, if time to share my art. Today's gonna be the perfect day. The stars aren't gonna align, the planets aren't gonna find, go to the, the right position. Like it's just not gonna happen. You just have to do it. And you're always gonna find an audience who is looking for this. You know, even if the climate is heavy, there's always gonna be people who are looking for something a bit lighter.
2: Mm-hmm. or there's
1: going to be an audience who's looking for to be informed or there's going to be an audience who's, who they're going to they're always going to be looking for something and you're always going to connect with someone
2: mm-hmm. so I
1: think in terms of when to do it how to do it just do it
0: wow that is like incredible insight <laughs> that's yeah that's I've always appreciated that about you like I'll I'll be thinking about something complex and nuanced and you're just like here's a solution and I'm like oh my god <laughs> It was that obvious. Um, but yeah, I think some of these things are, we're, we're, trying to complicate it, um, because that seems like the, the nuanced and appropriate thing to do is approach it from 15 different perspectives, but maybe the answer is, like, as obvious as just do it because there's never going to be an ideal time, and someone will need it. Um, that's a really great piece of advice to close off on. Um, yeah, thank you so much for, for being on the podcast, Hague. I'm gonna literally sit on this and just be like, I need to reevaluate my next few pieces.
1: <laughs> thank you for having me. I love your
0: podcast. <laughs> I'm glad. This is gonna be, I'm, I'm forcing this podcast on, on all artists who are like, I don't know what to do. Um, Yeah, thank you so much. That was, that was really helpful to hear.